Welcome to the Colby Cast, Episode 6. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, Hope and Bonnie discuss new beginnings, specifically beginning the new school year. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newly homeschooling family, we hope you'll enjoy the conversation. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in 10th, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. So the online school started classes this week. Many homeschools, including ours, have started, and others will soon. Whether your family has hit the books already or is still waiting for the books to arrive, here's a roundup of points to ponder at the outset of the school year, along with a bit of a pep talk, especially for those new to this whole homeschooling thing. We won't presume to tell anyone else how to run their homeschools or households. These are our suggestions, free for the taking or leaving. Yes, and a side note, kind of while we're still in this whole getting started thing, Distance learning due to school shutdowns last spring is not the same as homeschooling. Distance learning has its own challenges, as does homeschooling, but homeschooling has a lot more options, which can feel overwhelming. It also has a lot more autonomy and a lot of range to fit schooling to your family's needs rather than trying to fit your family's schedule to a distance schooling plan, especially one that may continue evolving as the pandemic continues Hopefully this will become evident to those embarking upon a Colby course of study or some other intentional homeschooling choice. Even if some aspects of the homeschool life are still significantly affected, such as libraries being closed, co-ops and extracurriculars being much different, field trip destinations and opportunities fewer and far between. God willing, these aspects won't always be like this. I feel like I say that a lot lately. It won't always be like this. (laughs) Since starting homeschooling four years ago, I have carried some of the habits I cultivated as the mom of multiple young children into my daily living now. Everyone in the household gets dressed for the day. For me, this includes earrings, my watch when it works, bracelets that have special significance to me, things like that. Hope had to wear shoes too. <laughs> that was our mom's rule. I, I hate shoes. <laughs> well, we're usually not wearing shoes here, I have to say. Everybody does get dressed. Um, have a start and end time or range for schoolwork, sort of a range. At both of our houses, 3 p.m. is and was quitting time, at least for a significant break. The circadian rhythms in the body naturally reach their low for the waking hours around 3 p.m. Um, we'll drop a link in the show notes about this cycle, but that's definitely something to be aware of. And also kind of bringing in the theological side, the 3 p.m. hour is the hour of mercy under the divine mercy devotion. So who knows, maybe those two things go together because 3 p.m. has never been my best hour. There has to be something to that. So true. Getting outside is a great idea. Everybody needs to get outside. For those in urban-ish areas, this includes me, uh, this requires an awareness of the school bus schedule in your neighborhood for safety reasons. We've been paying close attention to that here as our local public schools are, are back in, in school and the buses come through a couple of times actually to accommodate everyone. So we want to be very cognizant of when they're coming through and when people are driving, leaving for school and work. So if we're going to be outside riding bikes and things like that, be sure to take breaks, get up and have a quick change of scenery. 
walk the dog, do a chore like folding laundry, or dance it out, then get back to work. Mm-hmm. And these breaks, they're so important. When I studied for law school finals, which are usually 100% of your grades, so the studying is pretty intense, um, I worked two hours on and one hour off. So that usually led to about six solid hours of studying a day, roughly 9 to 11, 12 to 2, and 3 to 5, although I had to be careful of that circadian rhythm thing we mentioned. And this felt both more relaxed and more manageable than trying to power through everything in one fell swoop. The the hours off were so needed to not fry my brain and to get the information to stick. Um, and there's there's a lot made of of taking in information and even um, practicing new skills or in, in my particular case, learning a new piano piece or something like that to practice intentionally and then give it some rest, like even overnight time kind of help it the brain works on it when we are not actively working on it as well. It's still working on it and getting it watered down deep. Absolutely. And the brain is a muscle, just like any other muscle in the body. It needs periods of exertion and periods of rest for it to um, really be able to make the connections and the strengthen. Like when I was homeschooled, especially in my younger years, I usually did not need six full hours. Like I mentioned, I would study about six hours a day for law school finals, um, especially in elementary and middle school, three or four hours usually was enough. Um, Colby has a chart with estimated numbers of hours for grades one through eight. I think this chart comes with your registration packet. It suggests, and as with most things here, it's a suggestion, not a hard and fast rule just under about three hours a day for first graders, building up to about five and a half hours a day for eighth graders. Right. I think there's a, the chart you're referring to, there's actually one for high school as well, where it suggests different ways to map out a schedule. If you're doing every subject every day, or if you're trying a block schedule, they offer a couple different ideas for that and um, a time suggestion as well. So yeah, there, there are those time suggestions Nice. They are just guidelines They not everyone is going to and not every subject is going to take the same amount of time um, as all the other subjects or even day to day. The same subject might not take as long every day. So, right. It kind of evens out, but it's a good kind of framework. So, yeah, if someone is hitting a figurative wall, hopefully not literal, a figurative <laughs> wall, stop to consider what's causing that. Are they hangry, hungry and angry? I'll roll into one. Are they antsy from sitting too long? Uh, Something like that. Usually it's uh, probably tip of the iceberg. It's time to take even just a brief break can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on a lot. Um, don't overdo on the multitasking. I, I kind of pride myself actually on being a good multitasker. It's something I'm trying to work on. I used to try to get all the things in the background, like the dishwasher and the washing machine, get all those loads going before starting school. But this can easily become a distraction and a problem. The laundry can still get done if I don't start a load at the beginning of the day. Now I try to start it. I've been trying to around lunchtime or after school even because it still gets done this way if I am diligent and even just do some each day rather than trying to start it at the beginning of the day when when we're trying to get so many things off, off and running at the beginning of the day. It just kind of bogs down. Here's one we've touched on before and we'll come back to and emphasize quite strongly. Make a meal plan. Yes. At least a sketch a sketch of one or an outline of, you know, even cuisines, types of dishes, main ingredients you, your family likes, um, even just lists like that. Think of it like a menu at a restaurant. I have found it to be a, a huge benefit, a huge help to me to have this sketch and I can switch them around if I want to. If we get to a day and we're like, mm, 
that's not really working for us or we don't actually have the ingredients that we thought we needed, but making a meal plan, it's one less decision for me to make during a day when I'm prone to decision fatigue. And it also helps me uh, make my grocery list in advance. Um, and it's, it's helpful to look back in my planner and see what we had. And we also write this meal plan down on our wall calendar that we talked about. And then this really helps, helps a lot. It's a big, big thing for me. It's, it's made a big difference for me. When it comes to the school day proceedings, we have some thoughts about making school days go well. And of course, things happen and, and we just try to take it as it comes when that does happen. But having some framework structure, um, routine, um, and sketch, however you want to frame it, can kind of help navigate through those. So the first one would be have a good breakfast, everyone. I don't do baking projects on school mornings anymore. <laughs> I tried that. That's that did not go too well for me. So um, I do try to have tasty, easy stuff on hand. Sometimes we have frozen things that people can heat up, but it needs to be something uh, that people can fix for themselves here. We, everyone here is old enough to procure their own breakfast, which is really helpful. That I, I very keenly remember though that not being the case not so long ago. And so the your season of life will have a great influence on this, but um, having something easy and tasty on hand, something to look forward to even, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you got something yummy in the freezer that you can heat up or something along those lines, not even in the freezer, but just something yummy to look forward to can, can help get the day off to a good start. Definitely. Yeah. And I do something similar. I usually will make a frittata with the leftovers from earlier in the week for dinner on Sunday or just like an egg casserole. And that I keep in the fridge for breakfasts during the week. And I'll usually alternate mornings with eating this leftover frittata and then mornings making like a, a protein smoothie, which I haven't gotten to the point of pre-assembling my smoothie ingredients in like individual bags and freezing them. But I've seen that as a good idea, especially if you have several people in the house who may be, you know, old enough to operate the smoothie machine and they want to have something that they can grab and go to kind of like pre-assemble your fruit. And if you put green stuff in your smoothies, then you can put it in. I like spinach. Um, that is a controversial opinion in our family about <laughs> spinach and smoothies. But anyway, I'm in favor, by the way, I would rather have my spinach in a smoothie. <laughs> we, we, the two of us agree on the presence of spinach and smoothies. Some of our family members may not. To start the day with prayer, if possible, it usually is. I mean, we find ways to make work what we want to make work, right? So um, prayer is at, at very high, highest priority. We start the day with prayer. Um, we have to be creative when there are scheduling com um, complexities such as online classes or other other factors at play that might make um, a common start time to the school day challenging. That's our case here. We, we've got online classes to contend with and people doing um, different subjects. And my husband teaches math here and I work on other subjects, so we've got people going in different directions in the house. So it's not always, we don't always all start all at once. So finding a time for family prayer is really important. Um, even if we're, even if it's not all of us praying all at once at the beginning day, if we can find a point in the day to, um, such as praying the Angelus at midday or uh, the Divine Mercy prayers that Hope was mentioning at, at the hour of mercy in the afternoon, closing the school day in prayer, something, find ways along along the day to to come together as a family and pray. Some of our 
fellow Colby families have spoken of their of their family prayer habits during the day. There are multiple times they would come together to pray throughout the day, and it, it's really beautiful witness and inspiring. And it is a certainly worth the attention to find those points in the day where that can be what's happening and everyone knows that. You can also set alarms on your phone, um, especially if you have a smartphone. Like I know iPhones will do this. I think Androids will too, where you can set an alarm and put a label on it for a quick prayer that you basically just read what the label says. Um, I've long prayed the St. Thomas Aquinas student's prayer, which really works for like really any type of intellectual study or pursuit or project. Um, So we will put a link in the show notes for it. It's pretty short. It's about a paragraph long. I think there are also several really beautiful small Catholic um, art shops that have things like coffee mugs that have morning offering on them. Mm -hmm. And I've thought that was a cool idea to have available to because we are big fans of caffeinating in the morning. And so I think it would be nice to have the morning offering handy for once you're awake enough to be able to pray it. There's so many Catholic creatives out there producing all kinds of beautiful things. Visual reminders are good ways to kind of keep us in focus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about planners in a previous episode, a lot about planners in a previous episode. Um, Right now we're filling out planners at the end of the day for the next day. Um, You can, if it works better for your family to fill out planners at the beginning of the day or a week at a time, that's something to sort out, but um, filling out the planners is really important. Tackle subjects that demand more brain power or focus when folks are freshest and well-fed or caffeinated and or caffeinated. <laughs> yes, and that may mean always putting the same challenging subject first during the day, or it may mean doing things in different orders depending on the kind of level of challenge of your individual assignments. One other thing that I remember we did in ninth and 10th grade was to put my least favorite subject first, which shall remain nameless for now, but <laughs> we, we figured out that there was a particular subject that if it didn't get done pretty much first thing in the morning, it was not going to get done. So it earned its place of honor. And then I ended up liking it in the later years, but yeah, definitely kind of, we've both found success in kind of front loading the day rather than leaving things till the end. Yes, that definitely is true. Yes. I employ a similar one, like the thing that I least want to do, I try to, and not necessarily with school subjects, although I can definitely see the value of that. Um, If there are other things that I need to take care of outside of school, if it's not a school day, or even if it's later, the things that have to get done or that I least want to do, I try to get them done and over with. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that gives you a feeling of accomplishment and relief that kind of carries you through the rest of the day rather than thinking, okay, I got this thing done, but I still have this other thing that I still have to tackle. Yep. It's my Jimmy John's motto again. If you do the things you have to do when you have to do them, then you can do the things you want to do when you want to do them. (laughs) Life, life lessons from a sandwich shop. So true. Yep. Stay on top of grading and paperwork as best you're able. We covered this in a previous episode as well. Sometimes not much gets done and that's all right. It will catch up. It'll keep and it'll catch, we'll get caught up. So um, hang in there and, and work on it, you know, in little chunks as you can. Sometimes I will set 
little goal posts for myself, work on this for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes, for the length of this podcast, something like that, that although I don't listen to podcasts while I'm working through paperwork because I'm not paying as close attention as I need to do what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll put on some music or something like that. Something to, um, especially if it, if the stack is getting too tall, like if it's pretty daunting, I will uh, break it into subjects or something like that, smaller chunks, so that I will at least get something done, make a dent in it in some way. And remember that not everything needs to be graded like we've talked about before. Yeah. And you mentioning music is a good point. I forgot to mention that earlier. We used to have music playing fairly often, and I still listen to music while I'm working. If it's anything that is going to take kind of critical thinking or is especially writing heavy, I can only listen to instrumental music. So that mainly means classical around here. Um, Mm -hmm. Although occasionally movie soundtracks like movie scores, Hans Zimmer, Mm -hmm. things like that. Those can be fun and kind of motivating if you if you need to rally in the middle of the day, play the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. <laughs> um, but then when there's kind of like lighter, lighter work or less thinking heavy work, occasionally we would play kind of more uh, snappy, peppy songs that may have lyrics in them. So that's something to consider, you know how do you and your family work best in silence with a little bit of background sound with music? Um, just another thing to experiment with. Yes. We sometimes have music playing. Sometimes I think of it and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I, when I do think of it and I select something, first of all, sometimes it takes me far too long to decide on something to play. I overthink it way too much. (laughs) And So then we often end up not having music playing because there's enough going on with conversations among us and people taking care of stuff that they need to take care of that adding in additional sound is a bit much for us sometimes. Although it can also really help change the, um, the tone, this mood, the overall um, atmosphere of the schoolroom or the household to have some music going, it can really help um, create it. It can really just turn the page in a way it can be very helpful sometimes. So it kind of depends on the day and the circumstances, whether or not we have something going in the background. Um, I had some additional thoughts on workspaces that we covered in our previous episode. Um, I talked about the chairs we have. We have a motley assortment of chairs here that we employ, but uh, people use bouncy balls, wiggle chairs, standing desks, alternatives to desk and chair, use what works. There are plenty of other options for workspaces, desk spaces, chairs, things like that to consider. So um, also I have found that alternatives to paper, specifically whiteboards or chalkboards can be really effective tools if if there's uh, some pushback or static or reticence to write something down on paper. Sometimes the path is much clearer on a whiteboard. It, it just goes better. I don't, it's a little tip that has worked here. Might not work for everyone, but that's something that has worked for us. So as much thought and effort as we put into structuring our days, um, building routines, um, getting off to a good start, being well-fed and caffeinated, getting some movement and some vitamin D and some outside time, um, we all have hard days as well. And just to know that they will happen kind of helps keep them in perspective. Mm -hmm. So if we find ourselves 
um, having a hard day, if we can see it kind of looming or sizing up or clouds gathering or however, however, it, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, if the wheels are falling off the day, so to speak, you can regroup with a read aloud. That really makes a big difference here to, to have a read aloud. Um, get outside, have something delicious to eat. Um, try a change of scenery or a combination of these. And in the event of a train wreck kind of a day where it's just really like, nope, we're down here. <laughs> we can <laughs> put on some music or a podcast. Uh, we can send everyone to separate places to reset, so to speak. Um, this is a term we developed in the family when we had very young children. So, you know, everyone, we are so very blessed to have a lot of family and around who would, who would want to visit with us and, and love on our children. And sometimes the little ones needed some resetting, so to speak, just needed to check back <laughs> in with mom or dad and, and just kind of reset and then be ready to interact with other folks again. So, so we still find ourselves at times needing to reset so we can send everyone to separate places, uh, quiet spaces if they need, if they need some space, or we can all snuggle up together. That can also be very effective. Um, you can head to the adoration chapel and or confession. You can get out the Play-Doh or art supplies. And I say this with some trepidation because um, cleaning it up is not fun for me. However, if you have people who are um, capable of cleaning up after themselves, then there you go. That's part of the deal there. Uh, play an instrument, which is my personal outlet since forever playing an instrument. Um, have a dance party or a sing-along. Just let the air clear even for the rest of the day, especially if it's just none of the efforts are really working. I mean, we can't really do good work when we are in a state of agitation or upset, really. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it just has to be that surrender that Hope has talked about before. Like, this is where we are right now. And in all likelihood, tomorrow will be better. We can make a fresh start, turn the page. Um, just know that it won't always be like this. There's that phrase again. I keep saying that. Um, sick days do happen at homeschool. The Kobe online teachers are very willing to work with families when sickness befalls a family or student or if an emergency arises. Parents do have to communicate as soon as they can with the teachers. So if in an emergent situation, this would not be top priority, but it, it you know, once the dust settles a little bit to to communicate with them, they're, they're very willing to work with the families. Uh, for minor things, such as internet outages, if we have big storms roll through or power outages, things like that, um, I will have my online students write to their teachers when they can to explain themselves for certain situations like these. But I also follow up with an email of my own when the situation warrants, just to kind of um, give my own uh, backing behind that. Mm -hmm. And for homeschool students, sometimes sick days mean taking the day completely off, which is fine. Sometimes you need that mental break. I, we just need to slow down and mm -hmm. not do anything. Um, but then, so taking the day completely off is fine. Other times it may be an opportunity to queue up some sort of like entertaining and educational media rather than hitting the books really hard um, for everyone. All ages, we like Alden Brown and Mythbusters for science or audiobooks, different things like that. For younger kids, consider fun shows. Like some families may like PBS shows that teach reading and critical thinking. Or you could even throw it back to like one of my favorites from childhood. The Magic School Bus is now on Netflix, so that's cool. <laughs> and there are various saint stories and other religion-related shows around too. More so all the time, even like on formed.org and um, 
many of the Catholic publishers have a lot of, of this content available too. That's right. Yeah. And our, our parishes have formed subscriptions. I know that a lot of parishes around the country have them. Uh, there are various ways to get that content. For older kids, like in high school, movie versions of the mythology that we read or some of the other literature are good. There's some movie versions of various books that are fairly true to the story. I know there's a version of the Odyssey with Armand Sante playing Odysseus that's really good. There are also some movie versions that take a lot of liberties, like I'm thinking of the movie Troy that is a retelling of the Iliad, but with Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> and, you know, some of these movies like that one take a lot of liberties, but that can also be an opportunity to watch them and discuss, including some of the misinterpretations of various themes and really develop that critical thinking skills. So like, like I said, some days a sick day is just a sick day. Other days a sick day may be a, a Alton Brown day or a, the Odyssey day. Yeah. On some days, especially like when you're just not feeling it, like there may not be physical illness, but it's kind of like a mental health day of sorts, like a creative project, baking or cooking can be good. Or even uh, one tip I picked up was to go for a walk and to look for something of each color of the rainbow in the order of the rainbow, the Roy G. Biv order. So go for a walk, find something red, and then find something orange, and then find something yellow and keep going. And that is a really good way to just kind of clear your head and get grounded and and recentered. Sure, and even um, educational games, mm-hmm. card games, board games, all kinds, you know, all kinds of board games really there chess all, all kinds of games like that can really there's more going on they than just you know the surface level oh we're just playing a game here there's a lot actually going on a lot that can count as you know, count so to speak <laughs> yes yes so along these same lines of these tough days sick days sometimes we also have the sort of uh, don't, the mindset of uncertainty um i can certainly I claim this one. And in case anyone else feels a little hesitant to call him or herself a teacher, I feel this keenly. Feel free to try any one of these monikers on for size. Um, facilitator, someone who makes things happen. A project manager. Air traffic controller. We tend to use a lot of aviation references in the family. <laughs> it's a particular interest of ours. And so a lot of our, our references and, and lingo kind of center around that. So mm-hmm. um, air traffic controller, even skipper or captain, if you're more um, nautically inclined, a guide or a conductor, such as like, of an orchestra, um, or even a coach, which is our, our dad uses this one, just kind of a guiding. And all of these mentor type roles, all these different ways to reframe or rename the, the work that we're doing. Um, sometimes it kind of help sidestep some roadblocks that we might throw up for ourselves in in the terminology if we can get hung up in those and that distracts us from the work we're actually doing um, even if it is still the same kind of work we're educating we're teaching we're guiding um, sometimes it makes a big difference for me to use a different swap out the word so mm-hmm. and those various words all reflect the leadership that parents have but also the responsibility that children have, especially as they get older, 
you know, an, an air traffic controller doesn't fly, doesn't land every plane. And a conductor is not playing each instrument. So it's collaborative, but, um, but structured and, and reflects each of these terms kind of reflects the role of parents as the primary educators of their children, but also reflects the children's ever increasing uh, participation in that education, which is a core tenet of the Ignatian method of education that Colby teaches. Right. And it helps us keep that long view. Like we're raising adults here, people who are going to um, take on, they're going to go on. They won't always be under our authority in our household. We have that now and it is our, our privilege and responsibility to tend to it well, but it will not always be like this. Once again, I, I think, are we keeping a tally of how many times I've used this phrase today? <laughs> Three or four now, um, but it's true. It's so we're, we're trying to raise adults here uh, to, to be the people God calls them to be. So um, it's not all on us. What I'm trying to say is it's, it is, it's very much our responsibility. Yes. But it is not entirely up to us to make it happen, to force it into being. And it doesn't all rest solely on our shoulders. Um, there is much grace to be that is given to us as parents and home educators um, to tend to the, all the myriad needs of our children, including their academic and educational needs. It's not all in us. That can be a real uh, stumbling block, point of pride, if we if we think that, and it's all too easy to do, certainly, and it sure seems daunting at times, like, I don't know how I could possibly do this. So um, there was a phrase that my husband's grandmother would use when um, she raised, she was a mom of many. And sometimes people will say, well, how did you do that? And she said, well, you just do. And, and that is very true in this and so many other just life, living life, you just do. So um, there's a lot of grace to help us accomplish that. So um, another, when we get, we can kind of get into these, <laughs> So patterns of self-doubt when we have no idea how we're going to be able to accomplish this task of home education. But the Colby structure is time-tested. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, especially if you're new to homeschooling and just give it a whirl as it is. It's The structure is built in. They're all the, the things all work together. Um, trust the process and don't give up the ship. That's a favorite phrase that comes up in the, in the elementary curriculum. Don't give up the ship. <laughs> And later too, um, and certainly this is something I rely very heavily upon the the structure that Colby gives us. It's it's very much a reassurance to us. Mm -hmm. And Colby, as we briefly mentioned in our patron saint episode, the Colby Day School was founded in 1980, and then the homeschool really developed in the late 80s and early 90s. And so that they've been doing this for at least 30 years, and mm. that. You know, like you said, it's time tested. They're cutting edge and also really have the experience and the they've seen the long view lived out before and continue to guide families in that themselves. And they're very affirming and they but they maintain that respect for the parents as um, and the principle of subsidiarity, the parents being the decision makers and the implementers. So they they offer all of their they're so generous in the offering of their expertise and guidance and, but it, and then they leave in the parents' hands to, to act. So um, I'm grateful for that. So contact though, then when it seems like if you're hitting a rough spot or not certain about something or even well before that, it's important to contact Colby advisors whenever needed sooner rather than later. 
um, problems are easier to head off really than to solve. We can solve problems or we can head off problems. Of course, that's not always possible, but the Colby advisors are there to help. And so as soon as, as you identify a potential problem, help um, contacting them is a good suggestion. Um, it's really important to know the homeschooling laws of your state or country or whatever governing entities apply to you. Enrolled Colby families in the United States can get discounts on the membership fee for the Homeschooling Legal Defense Association, known as HSLDA, and the Colby recommends families join that. That requires a code, though, to get that discount, and that's a, that code is among the info in the welcome packet that enrolled families get. Um, be sure to know what documentation, if any, you will need to provide demonstrating progress, attendance, anything like that that you have to provide to school district, state, anything like that. It's really important to know what you need in that regard, any kind of paperwork that needs to be filed with whomever. Accumulate this kind of documentation as you go along and be proactive about interacting with those who will review this documentation. This um, It varies from state to state in the United States, and I know not all of our Colby families are in the United States. They are international, so knowing knowing the particulars where you live is, is really important, and following those as best you're able. Um, and that can go a long way. Kill Colby directs uh, families in the United States to consult with the HSLDA on the particulars because that particular organization is part of part of its mission is to stay on top of what each state requires of homeschooling families. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have a few other big picture thoughts to leave with you as we're as we are wrapping up here, trying to get everybody off and running on this school year. Try to go to daily mass as much as your schedule allows. There's so many graces to this is our highest form of worship. It's the whole point, right? So um, going there is really a, a worthwhile endeavor, and it's not always easy. It's it can be quite quite challenging, and especially now in pandemic times, I know that's not necessarily an option. But when it is, as much as their schedule allows, as much as as much as you can, try to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, family litany of saints. Uh, we have a number of of patron saints in our family that we've accumulated over time. We've built up this family litany. Um, name saints, so the names of our of our family members, uh, particular attributes or interests or um, any anything that you would have a patron saint for. We've accumulated this. It's an ever growing list. So having this family litany can be another form. You can add it onto the end of your morning prayers. Ours, we actually pray it with our bedtime prayers, or you can just, anytime you need to invoke your, your family patron saints, just go for it. That can be a very effective means of, of dealing with something, or it just like one of those checkpoints, those prayer checkpoints throughout the day. Birthdays and baptismal days, other feast days. Consider taking these days off of school or abbreviating the workload that day. This can be when this is one of the benefits of the four day week that and it's not always possible, of course, with online classes or other things going on. But as much as possible, you can still do a lot to make these particular days festive and special. If it's someone's birthday in our house, sheet pan pancakes are made here, even on school mornings, in spite of my no baking rule. It's true. So I can uh, put a link to a sheet pan pancake recipe in the show notes. It's really a revelation to me, the idea of making pancakes in a sheet pan. Oh, yes. You're big fans of those. Is it like one big pancake that you cut or do you yes. pour circles of nuts? No, no, no. It's, it's a big pan of pancake batter and it comes together very quickly and bakes quickly. And then you cut it with a pizza cutter. So it's like a cookie cake, but pancakes. Right. Yes. I want Toaster that friendly recipe. too. If there, if there are any leftovers, that's a big if. 
they go easily in our toaster, which is a quick mm. breakfast. So, mm. yeah. Um, feed your freezer whenever possible. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Really, we love it's a, just, you know, to think, oh, I have this meal waiting for me in the freezer. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. Future Bonnie, thanks today, Bonnie, for making this particular meal and freezing part of it. Mm-hmm. And she pan dinners are great too. So we are big fans of America's Test Kitchen around here. I'm a home recipe tester for them, and they have this fantastic cookbook of it's called One Pan Wonders, where minimal cleanup. So feed your freezer. If your freezer is low on things, then these one pan dinners are great. We'll drop a link to that in the show notes too. This episode is pretty link heavy, but that's right. I think they're they're all good links, and they're all hopefully they're all helpful. Right, and America's Test Kitchen has been doing a lot of work for kids lately. Also, they have a podcast, and they have kids cookbooks coming out, and they have a kids. A recipe tester club you can join as well and they'll send you recipes to try out that are kid-friendly not not as labor-intensive as some of the other ones um, so that's an idea I mean you can certainly count for all kinds certainly would be a good di- thing if you're having like a um, less of a school day or if you're taking a bit of a breather or any of that if some if folks are full enough to bake mm-hmm. that can be a good thing to do on a day like that or anytime really um kitchen science certainly counts for science. So that's another thought. Um, be sure to revel in the minor victories that happen and, and hopefully they will appear before your eyes. If it just, even today. So some of these for us are um, logistical simplification, even though you might have a house full, everybody's doing something different. There are still many logistics that have probably been simplified by um, embarking upon this intentional homeschooling life. There's probably reduced paperwork, at least in some some things. Reduced hoop jumping, that's a phrase I use a lot. Hopefully there's less of that for you. A calmer start to your day. Relationships based on common interests or faith rather than proximity or age, such as you would find in um, the brick and mortar school. Mm-hmm. And really, I these are all, you're right on with all of those. And I would add the ability to really pursue learning and exploring our world, beginning to understand our world, things like that, for the sake of understanding and learning about creation rather than kind of checking the box or studying to solely to standardized tests or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Working a little bit every day or a lot every day toward the goal of knowing, loving, and serving God, just knowing him better in his revelation to us. Yeah. Be aware though, that struggles and anxiety may and probably will creep up. Not just honestly, they do for me still. And finally to wrap things up for this episode on this weekend that we're recording, Pope Francis just had a fantastic tweet that is certainly not limited to home education, but applies to home education And so I wanted to include it here. God does not love you because you behave well. He loves you plain and simple. His love is unconditional and it does not depend on you. So if you're here and you're embarking on Colby, we're pretty confident that you're already striving to be good and faithful servants and stewards. And so as Bonnie was mentioning earlier about the um, kind of feeling like it's all on your shoulders or 
things like that. Um, the the logistics and the actions are important. But all of, all of this, all of this from the syllabi to the pancakes, everything is a cooperation with and a response to grace. And so to keep that in mind and and there's some freedom in that too because at the end of the day, you know, get some sleep. I really like the quote from Pope St. John the 23rd who said that his bedtime prayer after each day of fulfilling the many, many, many responsibilities and challenges of the papacy was that he would say, it's your church, God. I'm going to bed. And <laughs> so, nope. We have to do our part, but it's, it's not all up to us. No. Yeah. Ultimately, your children are God's children. And so if they're your children. I'm going to bed. Uh, we've tried to focus here these past episodes on getting the school year off to a good start. And there are many, many more ideas out there. But we hope this is helpful in getting in getting going, off and running. We have a lot of other topics to cover and people to talk to and lots we hope to get lots of perspectives from how Kobe families make it work for them. And we certainly, like we said at the beginning, don't mean to act like we have all the answers. There are a lot of there's a lot of advice out there, a lot of good stuff. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam. <laughs>